they, you know, I, we may have to cancel this podcast okay. if if us recording podcasts means we lose soul legends, rock legends, hip hop legends. Man. Bill Withers the day before, Little Richard this morning, Andre Harrell last night. Um, I, I wish I could tell you this is a celebration, so we're not gonna spend too much time on this, but Little Richard's contributions to rock and roll Jeez. are documented and well-known. And I love that Richard, Little Richard himself documented and made it well-known because he wasn't going to leave it up to nobody else because he knew they would write him out of history. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he proclaimed himself the mm -hmm. innovator, the originator, mm -hmm. the all-time creator yeah. of this sound called rock and roll. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. Didn't we watch a documentary on him? And and I remember we watched something about I him. I probably made you watch. Any time an actor is playing Little Richard on screen, I need to watch it. Yes. Whether it's Leon, whether it was, I can't remember the actor's name in Ray. Um, and then, but you know what? When I just looked, when I just woke up this morning, I, I woke up and I saw that, you know, his smile, his oh, smile yeah. and his passion, like is, it just was relentless. Like no matter if people understood the music he was creating, yes. it was just, I mean, I was just taking a moment to, to think about that. Like every time he played, he just had this, yeah. this contagious smile yeah. that just exuded the passion of what he felt through his music. And Fran knows a good smile when she sees a good smile. Fran has the... I just, I could capture it yeah. in him. Yeah. Just, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, this could turn into an entire... About him. ...podcast about Little Richard and just how innovative he was. Yeah. And, and identity-wise, right? Yeah, um, yes, yes. You know, I, I certainly did not know what feminine and masculine and all these things were at four or five years old, mm -hmm. but you knew Little Richard was and I don't say this in a bad way, but he was different. Mm -hmm. And no matter what's going on in society, how people describe folks, right. you're like, but we like little Richard. Mm. So, you know, he made space. And, right. um, and he made it okay to be different. He made it okay. And w which, which is crazy to me. Like, how do you stay, how do you stay so different and vulnerable? And yet, like, I, I just want to know how you shut that out when people when people have something to say, because right. he heard it all. Right. Like, he heard oh, yeah. it all. Yeah. Right. And didn't care. Right. And didn't care. And then Andre Harrell passed away last night, which Andre Harrell was the um, CEO, founder, creator of Uptown Records. Um, let me tell you, I am a was born in 1981. This means I went to middle school when Mary J. Blige dropped her first album. So you talk about a, a coming into consciousness around a black identity, around um, the city, inner city. Um, just this notion, and I come from I come from a black church, so singing soul is that's what I love. Right. But hip hop, those beats, those drums, my cousins they were listening to N.W.A. and I'm just gonna be honest, like N.W.A. was uh, it was a little scary for a nine ten year old. Like you yeah. know, I mean I like some <laughs> of it, but yeah, some other stuff was. And and Andre Harrell captured this thing in hip hop, these, these drums, the, this African, um, these beats, these rhythms, these patterns, and he put that with soul. Mm. And you got Mary J. Blige, you got Jodeci, mm. you got Al B. Shore, His you favorite, got Heavy Jodeci. D and the Boys. You, I mean, you just got this sound. And I'm just gonna say it, Andre Harrell made music for all the brothers out there who didn't want to fight, but knew if it came down to it, they fight. <laughs> Hey, we weren't looking for a fight. We weren't right. trying to start nothing. Are we you... just want to be here in our zone, in our groove. But if it broke down, we was like, man, okay, let's go. Let's go. And he made music 
for us. Mm. And and my favorite thing about Andre Harrell is after Uptown Records, uh, he hires Puffy. Sean Puffy comes as an intern. Mm-hmm. Puffy, of course, goes on to start Bad Boy, um, has amazing success. Right. And Andre Harrell goes to work for Puff. And I remember I, I was working a job and some one of the persons looked at the personal trading and said, well, we were trying to climb corporate ladder. And the guy said, oh, I'll never work for you. Mm. I'll always be your boss. Mm. And if you go up, then I got to go somewhere else. Mm. And Andre Harrell didn't have that because it, mm-hmm. it was about the music. Mm-hmm. It was about the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, not to say he swallow his pride, but to see, to, to put time into Puff, to see what Puff was doing, mm-hmm. and then to be like, okay, I'm gonna work with you and move with right. you, right. and and you know, work as a partner, work right. under you in that title. That's Man. that's Andre Harrell, and you talk about the style, the right. fashion. I mean, and this is the reason why I love Harlem, right? Because right. Andre Harrell is a Harlem dude. And- I love how when we talk about music, we talk about like character traits. We get down to people's ability to tell us how they were leaders, how yeah. they're supporters, how they're advocates, how are they and and we we talked about that story recently. Mm-hmm. I remember on the drive home you and I were just talking about something. I was like I asked Ak questions like as if he's an encyclopedia and I love it. And and I remember talking about that and you were like, yo babe, can you believe it? His boss that was once his boss yeah. worked under him. I was like that just that is where like the message this week I've learned about teachers is like no matter what you do, like you gotta do it without worrying about status and what this is gonna do for me. If this is what I am loving and I'm called to, then you do it in whatever form is gonna make you happy. And if that made him happy and obviously look at look at Diddy, look oh, at yeah. who he is. He knew what oh, he yeah. was doing getting under him not even under him, getting involved with him and participating with him in this, in, in his just passion to, to move forward in music. Yeah. But yeah, and, man, he could talk. I could do this all day. This is going to be a whole different podcast, yeah. but we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> this is teacher appreciation. This is a teacher celebration. Yeah. So we don't have a guest today. Yes. Uh, in fact, Fran has no idea what this show is about. I just know that I got all this love. I got my mom and, and, and my daughters on for created. I love that it's on cardboard. And and they've made this for me while I was doing all my Zoom meetings this week. So it was my background. And then, man, I sent all this love to my teachers and I, I sent them e-cards, e-virtual cards. Yeah, yeah, I just had a love on them. My baby girl, she did this for her teacher. Shout out to Miss LaFawn a great teacher at St. Francis. And then they did something for me. So, I mean, I just know that getting the love, even as simple as this picture and and just the words, just that's what it's about. And, and the conversations I've had with teachers this week, just been, I mean, talk about move to tears. I, I got some stories, but anyways. Okay. So grateful to have all of you here today, fellow educators and uh, amazing leaders doing your thing in the community. Um, we're so happy to have you. So yeah, I don't know. Ant's running the show today. Yes, we are live on location in uh, my mother-in-law's backyard. So this is, uh, if you get any wind in the microphone, we apologize. Also, uh, this is where, I don't say where we first met, but this is one of the times where we first met. This is, yeah, this is the this second is the, time. The second time we met this is was- my going away luau party. Uh-huh. When I went, when I was leaving and, uh, 
Aunt came. Talk about jean outfit. That's why I love telling the story. I was wearing a jean outfit. Sean John. I'll be sure. Jean on. jacket. Jean pants. That's right. K Swiss shoes. That's right. At a luau. That's right. Flip flops, t-shirts, shorts. Everybody was like, who? Yeah. Who's this dude over here? And I was, man. So. Channeling my inner Harlem. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we want to acknowledge your space. And in celebration of teachers, I'm going to ask you five questions. And this is our show. So I'm going to ask you five questions. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to ask you questions about teachers and experiences that you've had. But you can only talk about one teacher one time. So if in the first teacher, oh, okay. you, you answer I the question. I channel that teacher. Yeah, and you bring up that teacher. Then the okay. next question, you can't mention that teacher. Okay. All right? Okay. So this is the podcast. It's got a lot of teachers. You've got you've to keep... Uh, your answers to about say just two enough. minutes, <laughs> right? Don't tell them the whole thing. Restorative justice uh, norms say just enough. Just enough. <laughs> now, also remember, we don't know your teacher, so you can't be like, "Oh, it's it's Miss Bradley." You, everybody, we don't know who that is, so you yeah. have to describe them a little bit. Okay. okay. As you answer the question. Okay. So that's the game we're playing. All right. Um, I'll just whoever comes to my mind first. Folks who are in the. Uh, uh, on the Zoom, uh, we're gonna open this up. We want you to think about these answers too. And then after we're done with the recording, we wanna hear your favorite teachers, what teachers mm. that, that you can go ahead and answer this question. So we'll keep it going. If you're on the Facebook Live, feel free to, to type and text and chat and do all that. And let's just celebrate teachers by honoring them and thinking about them. I also am going to try and answer these questions. I was just gonna say, I wanna ask you questions. You can ask me and I'm going to try and only do with college professors. Because. Now, are these teachers that I've had or teachers that I'm supporting right now? I'm working teachers that you've had. I'm not gonna say. So it's, it's whatever, whatever, whatever teacher I think about. It's whatever, right. it's whatever okay. you say. That's a okay. whole lot of teachers. All right, here we go. I do work in one of the biggest. Yeah. Districts. You do. Okay. Here we go. The first question is What teacher made class most enjoyable? What teacher made class most enjoyable? Man, okay. And talk a little bit about what was enjoyable about their class. Okay. Uh, I had this this science teacher at Rancho Bernardo High School. Yes, y'all, I was raised in Inland Empire, then we moved to San Diego. And uh, I had this science teacher that was crazy energetic. You talk about someone who probably do like 10 burpees, 20 jumpy jacks, 50 squats. Like she was just in shape, energetic, could do them all right there and be like, all right, and do your next assignment. Like she was just fit, right? She had us do like motivational statements and she did this one, like, I'll never forget. Like, she was like, I want you guys to think about your greatest challenges and your greatest goal. And I want you to take this piece of wood. She took like a piece of wood about that thick. And she was like, on one side of the wood, I want you to write down your goal. Like, what is it you would love to accomplish? And we were like, I was like ninth grade, 10th grade, I can't remember. This is science teacher, right? Other side of the board, write your greatest challenge. And she made us break through that board in class we're like i was like you know this could only happen in rancho bernardo like if this was happening everywhere else like they'd be like no you can't be breaking stuff kids could hurt their arms like she taught us how to i'm telling you she like push us. she was just amazing woman science teacher told us to break through that piece of wood and say if you could break through that in my class and you could break through that right here and now you could break through anything and she's like i'm gonna be hard on you i'm gonna give you the the most challenge 
challenges you possibly endure in regards to a bio class, but it's because you're capable. And so literally everybody did it. What's crazy is she did the youngest, like the, the smallest, most petite person first to just show us like, I don't need you to be in your head. And she showed us the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. And she had this big football player do it the wrong way and he didn't break through it. And you just had to like palm it, just palm it. And to this day, I still have those two pieces of wood. I know. I'm just a tiny little. That was a sentiment. bad thing to say at the end. I was with you. We, we just moved <laughs> and I'm looking at all this stuff like, why is this here? We can toss some of this. I'm going to bring it out. I'm going to bring it to one of the educator check-ins. Break through the piece of wood. Yeah. And then we'll record it and document it and then we can throw it away so we don't have to carry it around with us for the rest of our life. Okay. The uh, professor whose class, who made class most enjoyable for me was... Um, professor by the name of Dreamer Moon. She is a, I call her a, a white woman from Appalachia, middle-aged white woman from Appalachia <laughs> at the time I was taking her class. And what uh, made the class most enjoyable was, I had it for two, two or three classes, but each of those classes demystified all the questions I had about race mm -hmm. and racism and how it worked and operated. And she was a white woman saying this. Mm. And uh, she was able to, she knew when to acknowledge that she was a white woman talking about these things. And she also knew when to remind us that she was a white woman from rural, poor, racist Appalachia. Mm -hmm. And that was just as much a part of it. So mm. for me, it was, uh, her, it, I mean, everything she lectured was amazing. One of the classes we took was a service learning course. Um, but every time, every lecture, it was reflexive and thinking, not just this is the material, this is why you need to know it, but this is who we are in context of mm -hmm. interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. So Powerful. that was, yeah, yeah. You still talk about Dr. Moon to this day. Yeah, Dr. Moon is easily. Side note, this is a fun fact. Uh, I told Dr. Moon that she was the most brilliant, woman I've ever met, and I didn't mean woman like compared to men, just like you. Yeah. The most brilliant woman I've ever met, Dr. Moon, you should have a master's degree. You need to get your master's degree because you are amazing. And she looked and said, I'm sorry, what? I said, yeah, Dr. Moon. I mean, you've written articles. You know all the people. You should get a master's. And she said, I have my doctorate. I said, I know, but you get a master's and you master the subject. <laughs> That's the master's. And she's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, where did you come from again? Oh, I was shit. like, I'm from San Bernardino. What? She was like, oh, 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 sweetheart. Uh, it goes, she broke down the order yeah, of degree. Yeah. And I was shook. Like, wait, so a doctor's over a master's? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. No, you learned. I you learned. learned. Shout out to Dr. Moon. Dr. Moon. Yes. Okay, here we go. Next question. Who was the teacher that made you want to become a teacher or made you think that you could see yourself as a teacher? Oh, all day, Mr. Dijon. You know Mr. Dijon. I've heard this name. Mr. Dijon, in fact, he, he, he hit, hit me up recently and told me I need to do something for AVID alumni. Um, anyways, Dr. Dijon, the best man, teacher, individual at Rancho Bernardo, history, hands down. Just this man, I don't know what to say. He made me want to be a teacher because check this out. So we were at RB when I showed up, my brothers and I showed up 
these brown island Mexican kids, all, all they saw was San Bernardino, Riverside. They didn't see um, our grades. They wanted to put us in remedial classes. My mom was like, my asking my brother like, hey, how's math? He's like, you know, like this math is kind of what I've already done, mom. She's like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, they put me in the same math class. I told him I already took it. I told him I'm, I'm supposed to be an A through G. Long story short, this is the kind of school we're at. So my mom had to go and advocate to the counselor like no you need to put my kids in the next course and she's like well the district you come from doesn't do things like artists okay so that's the kind of school i'm at um all multi-millionaires just super well-off school amazing school though amazing school dr jean was charged to teach the first avid class and avid of course at the time was everybody put the brown and black kids in there and um, the kids who have, you know, free and reduced lunch that I loved. Yeah, that's at your school because at my school it was all black and brown. So we, yeah. we, we didn't know what else. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. So the majority of people at Rancho Pernod at the time were white and um, Asian descent or Filipino descent. And I love them, but it was just a very different experience than growing up in the Inland Empire. So Dijon was teaching this group of kids. We will all show up. And it's like you just saw all these black brown kids on the campus just all go to his class at different periods of day and I'm saying this story because Dijon was the most incredible teacher because of how resilient how strong how courageous how ambitious and how much he just didn't let things get to him just like we were talking about um about uh, uh our brother that just passed today um I'm just oh, Andre Harrell Andre Harrell and um Little Richard mm -hmm. so we showed up one day and um Dr. Uh, Mr. Dijon, who's now Dr. Dijon, by the way, uh, had like people wrote on his walls, like, like hatred statements because he was openly homosexual and was like gay, move, leave, leave, all these like just inappropriate. I don't know. I just remember it was just so harsh. And we showed up there and that was our space and our safe space. And he never, ever let it get the best of him. What he did do was make us stronger leaders. He made us in the AS, he made us join ASB in sports. He made us apply to colleges. He made every single student of his just so incredible. And when I watched how this man just let nothing stand in his way, when I say nothing, he became teacher of the year in all of San Diego, all of San Diego. He just never let nothing get in his way, not even some bigotry and, and, and just racism, overt hatred. And I just saw exactly the teacher I wanted to be that that in the in the work they do they didn't just educate they had a cause and he was he to this day he's just amazing shout out to you Dr. Dijon I love you he made the most incredible impact on my life to become a teacher so I have a different answer because I did not want to be a college professor it no just, it just fell yeah yours to is a totally I know yours yeah mine's uh, is like a I knew it was calling me. I did not. <laughs> I was sitting in class and they said, I was in my master's program and they said, yeah, with a master's degree, you could teach community college. I said, oh, wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm Sign me up for that job, I guess. It's, it's a check. <laughs> I had no idea. I was going to be a world famous poet. I had no idea yeah, I'd be yeah. on this career trajectory. So it took me a while to think about it. What teacher at least gave me the idea that I could do it? Mm -hmm. And you ready for this? Lawrence Fishburne's portrayal of Mr. Phipps in the movie Higher Learning. What? Peppermint Mr. Williams. What? That is. I thought you were going to say like so many other people. No. It, that's really that is the wait when you when you were when you were starting to teach like no, what, watching, what, what point? watching that film in 
whenever I watched in middle school, high school or something. Oh, I was okay. like, oh, that's a cool dude. If I had yeah. to be an old dude, that's an old dude. I could be like him. Dang. Where he's inspiring, he's tough. I gotta watch it all he's over nice. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's still friendly and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't keep peppermint star shit. You should walk around for a reference that people don't know. Peppermint, <laughs> Mr. Williams. <laughs> but wait, so you said you didn't know you wanted to be a professor. Like it, it came around. So how did you tapping into middle school movie that you watched make you want to be a professor when you know you didn't even want to be a professor? Like how did how did those two connect? I don't know. I think I just thought that when I realized with my master's degree, I could teach community college. Yeah. It's kind of a job. I don't say it was an easy job to get, but it was a respectable job. While I'm trying to pursue this creative artistic thing, uh-huh. I could at least, you know, work part time teaching community college. Right. Uh, then as you start to think back, what is it? What does a professor look like? Because I never had, I only had one black professor. That's actually the next question. Mm. I only had one black male professor mm. and he was from uh, Jamaica. Mm. So mm-hmm. he did not look like me. We don't come from the same background. Right. So I never really saw myself as that. I never right. really had any image. Right. But Mr. Phipps was like a character I could crazy. connect to. Because it's the power of what we see. Oh yeah, media is real. Culture is real. Yeah. So. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Williams. Because you were doing adjunct, you you became adjunct professor during when Mila, just Mila, right? Yeah. By the time I was a professor, then I started looking at other folks. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I, yeah. I'm doing this. It right. wasn't like I could do this. It's like, oh, I'm doing this. Okay, yeah. This is. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. This is. I remember real. that click. Mm-hmm. That moment, but I didn't know you referenced that. Yes. All right. Next question. What teacher did you work the hardest to earn their respect? Mm. What teacher did you work the hardest to earn their respect? You want me to go first? You think yeah, you it? go first. Like Okay, this is the easy one for me. Oh, okay, I think I got one. Go ahead. Okay. Dr. Eva Wishi. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely oh, she was. shook me. She shook me. <laughs> this professor at would come home every day and be like, I just, I just don't know how to, I just don't know how to do this class. I just babe, I don't know if this is for me. Oh, I'm yeah. like this is what is this about cultural studies? He's like, yeah, it's a film. Yeah, I don't oh, get the connection. Oh, I don't get the class. connection. He was so tormented by doing so good yeah. in this class. You yeah. are absolutely right. Yeah. That is your. She was one of the first professors that walked in. Yeah. During uh, graduate school, she had dope orientation. Shoes. She had dope shoes. I mean, she could she could be on whatever Vogue L. She could be styling them. She could be in the magazines and just go hard doing in class. whatever. But then she turned around and just quote stuff, recite stuff. I'm talking the Grundrisse by Carl. I'm talking like, oh, classic theory stuff. And we just be sitting there like, uh, we try and give an answer. She would just have this look like, I'm gonna go ahead and let you finish. You know you're wrong. You, you know this is wrong. You know this ain't even close. But I'm just gonna go ahead and let you finish because we're gonna see this through. Right. And there was no worse feeling when she would let you go or the opposite. You'd be going and you're like, oh no, this is wrong. But she's letting me go because it's right, wrong. Right. And I'm trying. Right. And then afterwards she'd be like, Yeah, that was good. I don't know why you're doubting yourself. It was good. <laughs> you're like, um, yeah, Dr. was real. And at my defense, she gave me the coolest um uh congratulations gift, which was an autographed picture autographed book, uh books of Patricia uh Smith, mm-hmm. one of my favorite poets. Mm-hmm. 
and she just went out of her way to not only get the autographs, mm -hmm. but to save those for uh, till I finish right. my doctorate. So it was like, you liked me the whole time. Right. You liked me. Right, right. Yeah, so. Nah, I remember you used to always say like, oh, man, I just have to listen to that class. I can't, yeah. I can't. And rip me a new one during <laughs> yeah, my practice defense. I, I, I almost cried. I remember that. You can't back this, uh, this professor yeah, over here. So shout out to Dr. Oishi. Yeah, she made you though. But to this day, she's impacted the, the lens and the perspectives yeah. that you take on a lot of things when yeah. you always say, Dr. Oishi comes, Dr. Oishi. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you're hashtagging <laughs> her in the way you, you, you talk. <laughs> All right, who did you have? Who did you work hard? So, man, I there is so many. There's so many guys. It took me so hard to get a B in classes. <laughs> like this guy, nothing like what I had to do. I, man, I would, everybody who knows me knows I, I take notes. And I don't know, sometimes I don't know if note taking is an insecurity or if it's like truly a gift. <laughs> because I sometimes just have to work so hard just to get something understood, processed, and actually my own thoughts or my own understanding and then create the work. And so I think you remember this professor of mine, Dr. Nericho from oh, San Diego yeah. State <laughs> University, um, my mom and them. And uh, this professor, man, oh, man. Okay, I was getting my degree in sociology. This dude made me take so many comparative lit courses just because of him. A Chicano, an activist, a poet, um, I can't, a social justice writer speaker like he just did everything like i mean i i wish i could still keep in touch with him to this day but man the reason why i had to work so hard in his class this guy would provide us so much literature and i didn't like to read you guys i didn't even know fun, how to read fun fact for sociologists uh a 15 to 20 page journal article that's that's what we do that's, <laughs> that's all i that's was reading at the time just research and articles yeah, novels I just get I just got rid of some of his novels Not because he we probably bought I don't know how many novels we bought in his class yeah. but this is the thing he he wasn't about us like just reading the novels and just being done it was interpreting them to understand them and how yeah. we would apply different theories and how we would apply it to our life and then he knew I was an educator so he would always pull like that side out of me I mean we were looking at art museums um Oh, just everything. The books I had were just so amazing. But anyways, when I had a write in his class, I remember he would always say, you're holding back. Like your, your work, your writing, you're holding back. You're writing what you want me to hear. And so I had to get to this place in me. I felt like, I don't want to say something. Oh, it's legal now. I felt like he was like, you need to just go get high and get some thoughts out that you don't even have no filter. And that's how he was. Like, stop being your own filter. And so when I started to realize, just shed some of those like ways of, of a, like a student, you just yeah. feel like you, you grow up in this system with what they want you to write, right? Mm -hmm. That's very sociology yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so comparative lit and creative writing, he was just like, explore, explore. He got me listening to the taco shop poets. Man, he got yeah. me going to spoken word events. He got me to, to do so many things that I never knew, but I loved and he just invited them out of me. So y'all, I almost doubled majored because of him like i got to my counselor and she's like um you could have graduated last year i was like what she's like you got so many classes from your english did you not know this but i just kept taking his classes 
every time I took his class, it was a new challenge. So Dr. Ericho from San Diego State University. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because we're having conversations about guided pathways at our college. And we just want students, according to guided pathways, we just want students to take this class, this class, this yeah, class, yeah. hurry up and get out. Yes, and yes. Uh, I know, not to go off on a tangent, but the classes that weren't a part of what I was supposed to take mm -hmm. and you know, one of the best classes I ever took for my personal growth right. was African drumming. Oh, I remember when you took that course. I'm black. <laughs> I know how to drum. I'm African. <laughs> I ain't need no class to tell me what to do. But there is a reason for it. But it was something so humbling about watching this white looking guy yes. teach me yes. about drums. <laughs> and I just couldn't say nothing because it was like, Oh, man. I mean, he Your know, life changed. He know more than I know. And then watch my friend, shout out to my friend, Phil the Phil, who couldn't catch the beat. And just the patience that I watched the instructor have with, how do you, we talking about teaching math, we talking about teaching all these advanced concepts and the patience it takes. And I had to watch my friend can't, that, that was his whole, the whole time. <laughs> how do you explain that? So there's no no textbooks about oh how my to gosh, teach Phil. rhythm. Philly Phil, yeah, he tried every you. Time. Tap your foot, tap your head, nod your head, do this. Never mind. You know what? Just play song. That's what he was saying. Okay. Uh, next question. What teacher is most like you? What teacher did you have? Oh, did I have? Did you have that is most oh, okay. like you? now or I could ask it a different way what who your teaching style who you are uh who does that most resemble um I would say a couple of teachers I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's a um the teachers I had it could I think some of it also is the teachers that I was most inspired by mentored by um worked alongside by but definitely dr dijon dr. you dijon. already used dr dijon you gotta use dr. oh yeah i used dr dijon but that's how much it influenced me um i would say a little bit of the the science teacher that i had that i was talking about um mr allen tahemba greer tanisha macias like i don't know why that's my dream team like and every time i'm responding to something one of them get channeled through me um i think about like when taylor's uh, Taylor, Tanisha Taylor, amazing, amazing educator. She uh, would be relentless on how she would get students to rise to high, high achieving goals. And so it would remind me, don't, don't back down. Uh, Greer would remind me to, to always have a purpose and a clear focus and um, be centered on my approach. So don't, don't add so much flair. Just, just do it and be focused. Alan, man, Alan, Alan always reminds me to come back to reading come back to the simplicity of what did that story mean how does that story connect to you and I don't know like how can you write about it he was so centered on reading and literature and how much it made such growth in ourselves and and he's he's just a pioneer at King Middle School like just retired amazing man of God and educator but he just taught me what it meant to follow the word to like literally <laughs> literally and figuratively and figuratively <laughs> and then Taihemba Taihemba always remind me actually Taihemba reminds me to be myself in teaching so he actually 
I remember I was doing the most. I was like sitting in Greer's class. I was going to Taylor's class, Alan's class at lunch during prep period and I always watch them and observe them and just kind of, you know, Masia, she was always just so dope and how she just took something so complex and made it so simple. And like these people that were so phenomenal around me and I would always just do all their things. And Desney, like Tahemba was just like, Fran, calm down. You need to take all that stuff and make it yours. You cannot, you can't keep doing this and doing Taylor style. You're gonna exhaust yourself and you're not gonna have fun and it's not you. So he could tell that. And when he told me that, like a, a click hit me. So every time I do something, if I do it with my own little Fran way to it, I learned Tahama would tell me to do it my way. So I'm gonna do this my way and I don't care if it makes no sense to you guys. It's gonna have an impact because that's, so yeah, those are the people. They were more colleagues, but they're teachers to me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have two teachers, uh, two professors who, now that I've been uh, in community college for 10 years, now I see these two the most. Uh, both women, Sharon Elise, who um, is quick to stop everything and just talk about it for real. That's the best way I could say it. Yeah. All the data, all the theory. Yeah. All these things are good and fine, but sometimes we just got to talk about it for real. Mm-hmm. In other words, you won't get it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have those moments. Uh, also, um, Dr. Liliana Rossman, who was a comp professor that I had very mm-hmm. early. I'm pretty sure I didn't even do well in her class because I wasn't focused. It's <laughs> the best I can say. <laughs> for the, the first two years? <laughs> yeah, she definitely. But I still remember she showed a film in class that I, like 10 or 15 years later, I asked her, why did we watch that film in class again? <laughs> and she was like, well, why do you think? It's like, I wasn't really paying attention all semester. Then you showed that film at the end and it made me want to go back and do the whole semester, <laughs> figure out why, why we're talking about this. Yeah. And it, I mean, uh, so I, I say that because now I'm doing a lot of things like this, like, oh, if you're not following, you're not going to see how these things connect. Mm. And if you are following, then it's a real, you know, amazing experience full, full for it circle. to connect. Yeah. And the film she showed was Contact. And I remember when she asked, she's like, oh, I'm surprised you remember that. I just like showing it in class. I mean, it relates and it connects, but it's one of my favorite movies. Anytime I get to watch it, it I want to watch it. And I want to watch it with people and see what you think. And I can. Yeah. And so now I do that. I'm like, huh. I want to watch it and I want to watch it with a group of people yeah. and I want to see what you think. And yeah. it's not a, like I'm experimenting or it, it really is. No, let's have different conversations about different right. things right. each semester. So right. shout out to Dr. Rossman, who also nice. rescued me from a fire. Like literally? Fun fact, literally. I didn't know that. I was at Cal State San Marcos. I, I was finishing, actually, I was finishing my last paper in my film class uh-huh. for Dr. Oishi. Oh, it was during your doctorate program? Yes, and I was uh, finishing a class at Miracosta and there were fires like all around campus. Oh. And my paper needed to be turned in and at five, I had like five or six more pages left. I was like, ah, there's a fire. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I just went to Cal State San Marcos to hurry up and finish. And I'm like, can see the fires out the window. I'm like, okay. And next thing I know, uh, oh, those fires. Yes, those fires. Oh my gosh, I just remembered. Next thing I know, students are all gathered by a window like, yo, the building's on fire. And we're like, wait, what? And me, I'm like, no, it's not. Don't say that. No, it's not. Sure enough, the building was on fire. Oh it was smoke. The alarm was going off. They're talking about, you must evacuate campus now. I'm like, no, no. 
that's my kid who just knocked over the table <laughs> that we're recording on. I'm like, no, no. And yeah. then, oh, you in the show, Go you gotta say hi. say hi. You know the rule, you interrupt the show, you gotta be in the show. Uh, and so I'm walking to my car, my car had no gas and there's a long line. So I'm like, forget this, I'm walking to a coffee shop so I can finish my paper. And she saw me walking. She's like, uh, Anthony, first of all, what are you doing here? Second of all, <laughs> why are you walking? It's like, it's a long story, Dr. Rossman. Oh my God. Like, do you need a ride somewhere? Yes, any coffee shop with Wi Fi will do. <laughs> I got a paper due at five. Yo, this is so. But we get it done, babe. We get it done. We get it done. We get it done. That's... It might be the like last minute. Yeah. Oh man. I know. Babe, I didn't know the intricacies of that story. I think I yes. remember, I remember that happening. Yeah. But. I don't think we had time to talk about it. And this is why I'm so, I oh practice radical compassion for <laughs> Radical COVID. compassion. Cause I know what it's like. Yes. I know what I know what these instructors are doing to y'all. I know they don't care. I know how some of them are. And I went through that. Right. I don't want you walking out of a fire. <laughs> that whole weekend I was like, I hope my car didn't burn. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we have, we have a few more questions. Oh, we have one man. more question. One more question. What teacher is inspiring you now? And this could be a teacher from your past that you continue to look to, or it could be a colleague or someone you work with. But what teacher inspires you now? Hmm. Ah, oh, man. That's a hard question, babe. That's a hard one. Go with the first answer. I don't and even... can't be a teacher that you already said either. I think, I mean, I, I just, I want to say a collective answer, but I'm, this doesn't point out one teacher. I think a, a teacher that collectively inspires me now is the teachers that I'm supporting right now um, in my position as a coach, the teachers that I, um, I mean, I, I can't name one of them. Like they're all inspiring me because when I talk to them about everything that's going on right now, like every single one of them has worked their tail off there. And, and it, what's, what's a reminder to me that it inspires me is that they go above and beyond in their own personal life to to do to do something for kids that matters and every single thing even the way they create it, like a graphic organizer the type of questions they're asking to the, how they set up their zoom or their meets they think about their kids and mine and it just reminds me of how much that service is just it's it's an unconditional love as a teacher and when you're called to it you're called to it and the teachers you told me early on when we first started this distant learning you're gonna see the difference between teachers, you know, who teach and, and then they get their paycheck and they're doing their thing and they, they do all right, versus the educators who are putting in every ounce of effort to pull an extra kid in, every ounce of effort to connect to the kids, every ounce of effort to um, talk to the parents. I got teachers who are talking with parents at nine o'clock at night, because that's when the parents get home and they're working with kindergartners and they can't do it without the parents. And the parents are the, the gateway. like. And I think that's a beautiful thing right now is just to see my my fellow teachers, educators just rise to the challenge, but more importantly, like with so much desire to see and believe in their kids and our kids. And a lot of them, I'm not hearing them, those, they anymore. I'm hearing my, I'm, my kids, our kids. And it's just, I don't even know if they notice this, but when I'm listening to them and we're reflecting right now, all of them collectively are like, how do I keep them engaged? That just, a lot of them could be like, you know, it is what it is, but they're just, they're listening to their stories. They're they're trying to, to make the work better for their kids, for the parents, and they're taking feedback. And when you do that, 
that just tells me that you just love what you do. So they're inspiring me to be better. They're moving me in so many ways that I want to just, I want to be better for them. You know, so I try not to waste their time. I try not to overwhelm them. I try to encourage them and love on them as best as I can. Yeah, I nice. guess that answer that That's a good, good answer. Good answer. Uh, my answer is all of y'all, <laughs> all of them, all of us. Yes. Is yes. inspiring me and keep me going. So happy uh, teacher appreciation week as we happy close it out. Happy professor appreciation week. You know, I, I <laughs> do you we know, say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it depends. I went to a Cal State. There's a bit more focused on the teaching. I teach at a community college. Yeah. We're a bit more focused on the teaching. So I'm going to go ahead and include us in this discussion. Okay, okay. Uh, but there's some professors out there. I'm like, no, nah, y'all go ahead. Keep doing your <laughs> I got to count y'all in this discussion. So anyhow, anyhow, no shame, no shame. But uh, that's, that's the show. Again, this way we didn't do any expert stuff. I know week after next, I have some ideas. I want to look at parenting. Yeah, for sure. And talk about uh, parents. Man, our and parents. And their homeschooling, yeah. what those struggles are, and do a special check-in for parenting. Absolutely. And Parent some, educators. Yeah, we have some few things down the pipeline, but for teacher appreciation, we just wanted to reflect, and I wanted to hear more about who the teachers that's good. That made a difference for you. That's good, man. And uh, that's it. So at this point, we are going to close out. We're not going to do our Jimmy V3 things because we did a lot of reflecting. Yeah, and day. I think they already all spoke of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, good call. Good call. Good call. <laughs> so let, let's close out. Yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, we actually have a podcast. So you all are watching the Zoom live with us. But we have a podcast that we'll be uploading and, and going to. So in this episode, we have some new music from our brother Kendrick Dial. Oh, yeah. And uh, that will be going on in the background as you listen. So thanks for joining us. See you the week after next Saturday at 11. 